are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Now, if you'll open your Bibles, please, to James chapter 4, James chapter 4, for the message of this morning on wasted days. I want you to listen very carefully. Now, before I get to this uh, portion of the scripture in James 4, let me just give you some verse. Listen very carefully. The king's business requireth haste. The king's business requireth haste. That's in 1 Samuel 21, 8. In Matthew 28 and verse 19 and 20, the great commission of our Savior, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians 7, verse 29, you have the words, the time is short. In 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13, watch ye stand fast in the faith, put you like men, and be strong. All of these are verses that point out the same thing we're discussing this morning. Now look at your Bibles, please, in James 4, a portion I read to you before and used as, as a message, I'm sure, at other times. Verse 14, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, then vanisheth away. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. For what is your life that's even a vapor, just a vapor that appears for a little while? Now our blessed Lord has given abundant things and blessings to all of us. He invites us to come and to receive his best. He invites us at all times. And he said, here it is, and here's the word of God telling us to come and take of all that he has for our hearts. And yet sometimes we fail in doing this, and thereby fail to use our lives as we should for the glory of God. I read a story this past week of Meredith Wilson, some of you would recall his name, a great orchestra leader of years gone by. And uh, back in the uh, days of radio popularity, of course, he was one of the big men of the time. But Meredith Wilson said he had a dream. He was a very fine musician, but he had a dream. In the dream, he thought he was playing in an orchestra, and at the end of the, uh, the play performance, the king, a king came forward. A king said, now I'm going to give you everything that you want, as much as you can carry in your instruments. So I uh, said, just come forward to place the gold inside of your instruments. You may have it. And so the first one that comes followed with a big bass drum. And of course, he could carry a whole lot of gold in a bass drum. And he filled it up. Then the second came up with another horn, a big horn, and uh, so on down the line. Until finally, Meredith Wilson said in the dream, in the picture that he had, he came up. He was the last one to come up. He had just a piccolo. Now, there's some Christians like that, huh? God invites them to come and take of all that he has, and yet they take almost nothing. They refuse, they turn away, and uh, they do not receive it. Now, the illustration is a very simple one, but uh, you can see the one. God invites us to come and to receive of him all the blessings we have need of. Now, let's receive God's best. Everything he has for us. Today, in this hour, don't waste today. Don't waste a single moment, but all of it. I'm told about waste today is wasted by gross sin. Some people engaging in sin, wicked, evil things. They know it. They're conscious of it this morning, wasting their days. Again, days are wasted by selfishness, like the selfish rich man of Luke 12. Like the man that I knew about up in, in Indiana. Oh, Dr. Reveal used to take me by his place. And every time he stopped his car, Dr. Reveal didn't, uh, didn't waste uh, time with many things, but this is something he liked to do. He'd stop the car and talk about that house, the most beautiful home I think I've ever seen. Outside was a lovely lake, and over here a swimming pool, and here were flowers and roses and everything around, and beautiful trees, lovely place. He said, you know, the man who lived in this house, I witnessed to him over and over again about his soul. I tried to win him to the Savior, and I failed. And he turned away from me. Then he said, I thought, well, he ought to give something to the mission and help the mission to run, and try to get some money from the mission, but he refused that also. He turned away from giving anything to the work of our mission. 
And he said, I was disturbed. I kept on telling him all the time, you better do what God says. Better do it now. But he said he didn't. He said he built this home. Oh, I guess it cost $7,500,000 for all of it back in those days. And that was tremendous. Be more now. And he finished the thing, moved into it, and lived in it one day and died the next day. And old Dr. Reveal used to drive by and said, the selfishness, selfishness, that's what it does. And this is days wasted by selfishness, days wasted by worldliness, the things of this world. How many days are thrown away just by going after the things of the world? Again, days wasted by rejection of God's best, his son, and days wasted by indifference. This is one of the chief sins of our day. Wasting our days, the wickedness of man is seen in this time, the wickedness. Again, the, the recklessness of man and the use of his time, how reckless are people, both young and old. Young people are reckless, but older people are reckless too. I see a lot of them far past my age who are just as reckless with their time as they can be. And they seem to behave as if they have years and years to come. And yet they may have just minutes or seconds of time. Again, this matter of the foolishness of man's uh, time with the use of time. How foolish is man? He turns away from what God has for him. Now, I'm troubled this morning about wasted days. Wasted days, and I want to try to impress upon your mind and upon my mind too. This great business of using all that God has given us every single day. Now, so you may be, may be saying this, well, Brother Robertson, I don't want to waste my time. What can you say to me that will help me to use every day in a wise manner? I cannot answer it all, but I can answer some of it. And I want to give you four very simple words. Put them down if you will, please. Number one, the first word is meditation. If your life is to be spent in a worthwhile fashion, then every day there must be some meditation upon the Word of God. Now, this cannot be a wasted, uh, wasted moment. If you spend some time upon this book, then you know one thing, for that day that God has given you, that very day, you have used that day at least partially for His glory and for your blessing and for the benefit of others. The Word of God. You read the Bible to get something for your heart. Read the Psalms and get something for your heart out of the Psalms. Read the Gospels and get something from them. Read the Epistles and get something for your heart. You see, this is the important thing. A lot of folks can discuss all of the history business, you know. They can talk about the ancient uh, volumes and uh, where this came from. That isn't it. The thing that is important is that you get something for yourself. And you'll not be spending your days wisely if you waste the time that could be given for the reading and for the study of the Word of God. Now put down some things on the Bible. The Word of God will reveal your sin. Whenever you find a self-righteous man, put it down, that man's not studying his Bible. When you find a self-righteous woman, she's not studying her Bible. But when you study the Word of God, you'll see yourself as you are, and your sins will be revealed to you by the Holy Word of God, by the mirror of God's book. Again, the Word of God will direct your path. We'll show you which way to go. I know you're in trouble. I know you are. And a lot of you come to me. Someone came to me this morning disturbed about what to do. You simply wait upon God. He will direct your path. Keep on reading the Word of God and studying the book. And after a while, God will speak to you and will show you the thing that He wants you to do. This last week, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Jackson, Mississippi, resigned his church. Boy, did that shock the people. First Baptist in Jackson, Mississippi, the biggest church in the state. I know about this because, you see, one of our graduates of Tennessee Temple is an associate of this pastor in the church. They work together. And I know the whole story. I read in the paper, but I know it anyway. And uh, this pastor resigned his church. He quit everything. He's 34 years of age. 34, that's all. Wonderful family. Fine Christian man, they say it. Good preacher. 
But he said, I'm through. He said, as far as I'm going, I may pick it up later, may get back to it later. But right now, I'm quitting. I'm stopping everything. And he said, wait a minute. I read the thing and heard about the thing. And I said, that's wrong. That preacher, if he's been called of God, ought to keep the job to the last day that he lives. But maybe God's directing him. Maybe there's something God wants that preacher in Mississippi to do that he hasn't been doing. And for some reason, he feels like I've got to resign. Now, wait a minute. If he's following God's direction for his life, it may seem strange. It may be revolutionary. But it's all right if, if God is directing him. The word of God will direct your path and hold to that. Again, the word of God will strengthen your life. They that wait upon the Lord, wait upon the Lord, wait upon his word and let the word of God strengthen your life and bless you. Now, the word of God will save the day for you. Every day is wasted when you fail to read this book. Read your Bible, study your Bible, stay with your word of God and get something from it. That God might strengthen you and make you what he wants you to be. Now, that's the first word I want you to put down, the word meditation. Here's the second word. Put this one down, please. Supplication. Supplication. Paul said pray without ceasing. You want to save your days? You want to waste your days? The day is wasted when you fail to pray. You have thrown away one complete day entirely. It's gone unless you've gotten through to God. And there must be the sense of daily walking with God and talking with God and praying unto God and getting through to God. Or else you throw away a day. I'm trying to be simple about this. There are a lot of things I can't answer for you, but I can answer some things. And the first thing is meditation. And the second thing is supplication. Now, you must pray. We need to pray for ourselves. That's not selfish. I need to pray for myself. I need prayer. I, I know I must pray. I must pray for God's guidance. I must pray for ideas and for leadership along the way so that God can show me what to do. I've got to pray. I must spend time in prayer. Now, this is important. This is imperative. And we must pray. And don't be ashamed of your prayer life. Tell people you pray. Some folks act like they're ashamed of God. Afraid, afraid to tell somebody, well, I prayed this morning. Oh, they would, they'd be ashamed to say that. Reminds me of the sailors who were in a shipwreck. Numbers of them were rescued and brought back to land. When they stood on the shore, the reporters were there with their microphones and their cameras, radio and television, telling the whole thing. And somebody asked one of the reporters uh, who was on the microphone, said, did these men pray while they were out there? And the reporter said, no, they didn't pray. These are brave men. They didn't spend any time in prayer. He no sooner said that, and one of the sailors walked up a great big burly fellow. He grabbed the microphone out of the hand of the reporter and held it, and he said, wait a minute. He said, that's not true. He said, we did pray, all of us. He said, we're not afraid. We're brave men, but we prayed, and we sought the face of God. He said, this reporter wasn't there. He didn't know anything about it. He said, I was there. We were there. We know. And we prayed. We need to pray for ourselves. Pray about everything. Everything, everything in your life, large things, small things, all of bring them up to God in prayer. And wait upon God constantly. Just make yours the attitude, the life of prayer. F.B. Meyer, man that I mentioned quite often, an English preacher, prayed so much. He said he got into it in a very simple way. When he was a young preacher, he was talking to a crowd of young people seated before. They were, they were a little boisterous and noisy. He started to correct them, call them down. And when he did so, he said, wait a minute, I mustn't do that. He said, I simply stopped my talking for a moment, bowed my head and said, Lord, thy patience. 
Drive patience. He said, I raised that, went on and talked, had a wonderful time. And uh, Dr. Meyer said, I learned the lesson. You needed to do it. I need the same lesson. I learned the lesson. Whenever something happens to me, God wants to go to God in prayer. If I'm lonely, he said, I pray, Father, thy companionship. Thank God he's with me. He said, if I start hating someone or criticizing someone, I say, Father, thy love, thy love. And for all of us, there should be the sense of prayer night and day, always looking to God and pray. Now, we need to pray for ourselves. Again, we must pray for others. And this is imperative. Samuel said, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. That must be prayer for others. And we must make it our business, pray for our families and pray for our friends. It's not enough, dear ones, to call a preacher when something goes wrong like some people do. And say, pray for my son. Have you been praying for your son? It's not enough to say, pray for my daughter when the daughter's gone wrong. Have you been praying for the daughter? Pray for others. Now, the second thing in the use of your days to keep from wasting the days that God gives you, this Lord's Day. This is a time of worship. Praise God. This is not wasted. And what I'm saying, I trust it's not wasted. First of all, there must be meditation. Second, there must be supplication. Then can I mention a third thing that will help you to use every day wisely. Number three, there must be separation. That's simple. My dear friend, I wasted the day that God has given me if I dally with the things of the world. And if I break down that barrier that must be between the child of God and the world, and if I step over into the world's side, I have wasted, I've thrown away a precious day that God has given me. The day is wasted when you give even a second of it to Satan. There must be separation from the world. Here's what your book says. Come ye out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Again, resist the devil. He will feed from you. James 4, 7. Now, no day is wasted when you resist temptation. But the day is wasted when you give way to your temptations. When you fall for the temptation. We're tempted to fleshly sins. We're tempted to profanity, some people. Some are tempted to rebellion, some to doubt and criticism. And when these things come in and you fall for them, then the day is wasted. It matters not when you compromise in the office, in the shop, in the factory, in the school. In any place, if you compromise, you wasted that day. There must be separation from the world. Separation gives a clean feeling. I, I hate a, a dirty feeling, don't you? You go to the wrong place and you feel dirty, huh? You walk to the wrong crowd, you feel filthy. You engage in the wrong conversation, right away you feel dirty. Things are wrong and separation from the world will give you a clean feeling. Again, separation gives a, a right influence. No man lives to himself and no man dies to himself. And if we're to have the right influence, there must be separation from the world. It's no mystery why children go wrong. I speak as a father and a grandfather. No mystery of why they go wrong. Listen, no mystery about it. You mothers and dads, wake up now. You leave here and go home and sit at your noonday table or go to wherever you may go for your meal. You have your children around you and sit there and criticize your pastor and criticize your church and see what happens to your kids. They'll become just like you are. That's what you do. And you don't like the song service. You don't like the singers. And you don't like what goes on. You don't like the preaching. You don't like the invitation. You don't, and you say so. Then your kids... Go to the devil. And you call a preacher and say, Preacher, help us now. We've got trouble with our boy. You did it yourself. There must be separation from the wrong that we might glorify God. That's number three, separation. Now I'll come to my fourth word. Listen carefully. The fourth word 
is evangelization. I want you to hold it. I could use other words, but I'm using that in particular. Evangelization. We've talked about meditation, supplication, separation. I speak now of soul winning. Uh, witnessing for Christ, telling people of the Savior. A day is wasted when I do not manifest a concern for others. I didn't say that I went or so many days have gone by when I won no one to the Savior. But the day is wasted when I do not manifest a concern for others. And in my heart there must be a constant reaching out after people around me that I might bring someone to Christ. And this must always be on the part of every child of God. I know a lot of us do not win many souls, but we must constantly, constantly be yearning to see people saved and praying for the salvation of others at home and abroad. But so few care. You've heard me mention about the family I went to visit here in Highland Park. I said to them, I said, we'd like to have you come to Highland Park. And they said, well, we go up there sometime, go different places. I said, where's your church membership? Down in Alabama. How long has it been there? I said, well, we belong to that church in Alabama for 20 years. Where do you live? Right here is where we live, right here. Well, I said, you ought to join a church in Highland Park or Chattanooga somewhere. You should get into a church. And very frankly, they told me, said, we're not sure how long we'll be here. Already been there 20 years. But not quite sure how long it'll be there. And he said, we're not going to join a church because of uncertainty. We'll not do it. Wait a minute. You know what's wrong? That family is wasting time. They wasted 20 years already. And you're wasting time if you allow your membership to be inactive and your life to be used on the sidelines to set it in the center of the battle. There must be a searching for souls, a hunger for souls, a compassion for souls. Our Savior had that compassion and we cannot be Christ-like unless we have it. Do we care enough? Are people saying, no man careth for my soul? And if the days are to be spent as they should be spent, then we must have compassion for others. First, I must have compassion for my Christian friends. I must have a concern for my church and this church and my people here, plus all people everywhere where they name the name of our Savior. I must be concerned about them and seek to help them as best I can. This is important. If I'm to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, if my heart is to reach out as it should, I must be concerned. The story is told, true story, of an auction sale in the city where they're selling off a number of lots for delinquent taxes. People stood there and they auctioned off the lot, $600, this one, $700, $800,000 going off in that way. In the crowd stood a man, a well-dressed man, a man of wealth, people knew that. And he wanted to buy one single lot. He'd already put his mind, made his mind up about which one he'd buy. And he waited until he got to that lot. When he got to it, he made his bid, $25, made it low, just wanted to start off somewhere. So he said, I bid $25. And as soon as he said it, there was a moving in the crowd. He saw a man get up with the evidences of a, of a soldier upon him. He had crutches under his arms. Some of the marks of war were still upon him. He'd, just after the war days, and this fellow was back home. He stood up and humbly said, I bid $30. And the rich man looked at him a moment. Then he put up his hand. He said, I shall not make another bid. I shall not make another bid. And he didn't, and no one else did. The auctioneer very quietly said, this lot is sold to the soldier boy here for $30. You see, that's what happens when you care. When somebody cares, when you're concerned about others. I hear people talk about Camp Joy. I get a little disturbed sometimes that they forget about what we've done and what God has done back through the years. You see, there was a day when I walked downtown to the big building near the courthouse. The TVA had an auction sale. 
75 acres of land for sale, Captain Joy, by auction. Now I walked in with a few pennies in my pocket, less than a half a dollar is all I had. And he got up and he read for about 20 minutes or 30 minutes from a sheet of paper and gave the dimensions of the, of the grounds at Camp Joy. And of course, it wasn't called that then. And what was on this side, the other side, and had it all done. He said, what am I bid? He said, the minimum bid is $3,000. I stood up in the crowd and said, $3,000. You know who bought it, don't you? I did. Not a single bid was bid against me. You can take the same 75 acres at Camp Joy today and sell her for maybe 100000 maybe 150000 the same thing, $3,000. Wait a minute. You, somebody's got to care. That's how churches go on. That's how Sunday schools are built. That's how soldiers say, when somebody cares, we've got to have compassion for our Christian friends. Then we must have compassion for the lost. We must seek to bring them to the Savior. And there must be a constant appeal on our part for those who are lost in sin. And we must be constantly evangelizing as we have in this church for all of these years, telling the story of Jesus and pressing upon people their need of the blessed Son of God. Wasted days. I don't want to waste any time. God bless you old timers. Some of you are throwing your days away. God bless and help you young people. Some of you are wasting your time. I know what you're, you're, just, you're just treading water. You say, well, I get started after all. You better start now serving God. And if you want to escape the wasting of time, there must be meditation upon the book, the Bible, every day. There must be supplication, seeking of God's face. There must be separation from the things of the world. And there must be evangelization as we reach out after the souls of men lost and dying to bring them to the Savior. They were having a tabernacle meeting in a sawmill town big rough tabernacle and the old preacher was standing to preach and gave his message and down the aisle came a young man he said I'd like to be saved and they led him to the Lord down the front the preacher helped he was saved went out of there the next day he went to his job in the sawmill had been working just a short time when accidentally stepped backward and touched one of the machines and his body was torn into pieces they rushed him to the little country hospital nearby the sawmill town the doctor came and checked him and shook his head he said, there's nothing I can do nor anyone else can do. And the young man said, sir, would you do me a favor? Would you get the old preacher from the tabernacle where I went to church last night, bring him here. They brought him in, brought the old man in. And the boy said, sir, he said, I was the one who came forward. He said, I know you were. I was there with you. He said, I said, all last night when I got up this morning, went to my work. I was so happy. I was singing, rejoicing. And he said, I know I'm saved. And he said, furthermore, he said, preacher, I know I'm saved now. And when I die, I'm going to heaven. My dear friends, there isn't anything better than that than to point people to Jesus. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust.